Hello, hello, and a third hello. Welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. I'm your host and not GM, Azul, and today, yes, today, we end our game of Locus, the horror mystery game about flawed characters and consequences. It's been an absolute ride, to say the least, and we finally present to you the grand finale. Obligatory curse announcement, wee-oo, wee-oo, curses all galore, but, you know, I don't know why I said that. Onwards to the episode, everyone! Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. You do find a VHS tape. In scratched out letters, it says the word fraud. The footage is grainy, but there are two men and they appear to be arguing. The man in the suit gets right up in the face of the man with the overalls, pushes him back against the wall and then stalks off. What you then see is the man in the overalls turn to one of the chests behind him and he opens one of them and he takes something out of it, puts it in his jacket pocket. This chest here on Jollity Park, it's it's like the final grand prize chest. They, it, it, knows, it knows more about than we're supposed this place knows malcolm it punches you with what feels like the force of a truck you are blown off your feet and you take a major injury as it breaks your shoulder bone the joint just shatters under the punch this thing has given you as the creature is currently rolled forward trying to recover its balance this clips it on the back and drags it down onto the floor slamming it hard into the ground it convulses below the camera its legs twitching violently and then it simply isn't there anymore you've been told there's 10 minutes on the clock you don't know what will happen when the timer runs out but you have been told there's a way to get more time by doing another challenge as this race might as well have more time i'm with y'all in our exciting hide-and-seek round, both players must hide from our presenter, Brent Randall, and seek the key. Stay out of the spotlights. The lights move. Oh my god. And they catch a rat on top of one of the crates. Almost faster than your mind can process, sparking damaged cables shoot down from the ceiling, ensnare the poor little creature, and pull it into the darkness between the two lights. The camera moves to look at Reese. The lights change their pattern. The lights move to box in Reese where she is. All my bridges burn A path of no return There's doubts inside my
Can I throw something in the path of the lights to try to distract it? Can I absolutely throw something in the path of the lights? What are you going to throw? I imagine something large. I will very gently, I, I regret saying the word throw, it's more, I will gently place, <laughs> present my key. Oh no. So you're moving out of the doorway. <gasps> no! <laughs> yes. All right. As you move out of the doorway, please make a contested carelessness roll. Oh, thank God. I keep thinking this is one of my five ones. You have to beat a very solid two. I am going to use my willpower to re-roll two of my dice there. I did. I, I got one success, just not enough. So if I tie, so if it's impatience is two and I draw a two, that's a that's not a success, right? Uh, it's defender wins, so you'd be defending in this case. So oh, in that yep. case, three successes. That would that would work. Okay, so you carefully walk out from the doorway, and uh, what are you doing from there? Carefully again, because the lights are heading towards Reese, so I'm trying to put something mm. moving in its way, so it kind of finds a different target or like see something else moving, so as to refocus somewhere else. And what is it that you're putting in its way? Mikey. <laughs> You reach out with Mikey so that it is caught in the spotlights. The spotlight that it is caught in stops immediately and faster than you can even breathe, it is wrenched from your hands by cables from above. No! And Mikey disappears into the darkness above you. Oh no. Oh no, Mikey! <laughs> the other spotlight oh no. slows to a halt. Reese, your, the tips of your trainers or whatever footwear you're wearing, if they were even a slight inch more forward, they'd be in the light. <sighs> I think the reason I have both kind of just catatonic at the moment. <laughs> both in and out of character. It's like, I would like to say that I am sorry. I did not want to do that. I can't believe you did that for me. I can't oh believe that happened. I'm still in like denial. That didn't happen. I didn't do that. I feel like Roy needs something for that. That oh. is. No, through your headset, you hear heavy breathing. Oh no. Wait, wait. I don't think that's what Anusha meant when he said, boy, you need something for that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You hear the breathing, slow and steady, of something very large, and then the audio cuts out. Oh, God. I just audibly whimper and fall to my knees, I think. Roy, <laughs> you okay? He's gone. He's, he's gone. I feel like a monster. <laughs> I'm sorry. In the pause in which the shock of the loss of Mikey occurs is interrupted by the light's timing rotation kicking off again, it now moves into a different position. It, sound, it seems like whatever original positioning it was on has been adjusted by what has happened. So now you have to refigure out the pattern. And does everyone notice that or is it just... Uh... It's, it's fairly obvious okay. if you were paying attention to the lights, which I should assume, assume you all were. <laughs> yeah. I definitely do not notice because I'm on my... Right. I'm just looking at the ground. Okay. Right. You got to get up. It's changing. You got to get up. He doesn't respond to me at all. Oh my God. <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit in shock at the moment. The lights aren't like close enough to me for me to see them looking down, right? Like, because uh, I'd be kind of like head and hands kind of looking downwards without actually, so a very limited field of view. The spotlight that you, you put Mikey in is in front of you. And when it moves into its far away position, you do notice it moving away out of your eyeline, leaving you in the dark. Right. Is Roy just staying there? No. Okay. Uh, Malcolm tries to call to him and he doesn't respond. And Malcolm is yeah. going to go out and go to Roy. All right. Please make a contested carelessness check. This is going to be great. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. 
I'm gonna re-roll those. Um, if it helps, I have rolled fairly poorly, so I have. You have to beat nothing. Oh, to okay. Win. We do. All right, I got two successes on that one, so absolutely fine. So he's gonna go out and like slowly like peek around and then like shuffle over to Roy and with his good shoulder like scoop him up <laughs> like and just like yeah broken but like scoop him up and then like hide behind in the next possible crate that he can find and with that it is time for the next contested check as it searches for you all again please can everybody make a make this one against temper that's uh, including Roy and um... mm-hmm. everybody I got two. I got three. Six, six, three. Ooh. And my temper's a four, so that's two successes. Okay. I'm gonna re-roll, because I got a zero. I don't think I'm gonna do well, because this is one of my fives. Ah. Yeah, I'm, at this point, I could keep burning willpower, but I feel like I'm gonna need it later, yeah. so if I live that long. So I have zero. All right, so the only one of you to not beat the monster was Caleb. There is a clunk from above you heavy and mechanical. The lights swing a little bit where they are, as if something holding them was moving. And gradually, they begin to make their way to the side of the room, just the far side where, where the key is. And what you see coming down the wall attached to them are two long arms made of knotted cable. They appear to be wrapped in some kind of glittery fabric, or that could just be sparks. Nonetheless, whatever is holding the spotlights seems to be descending. Hide rolls will now be replaced by chase rolls. Cool. <laughs> oh boy. Where is the key in relation to the creature? Like, do we have to... The creature is crawling over it currently. Oh. Wait, it's over it? It headed to the wall where the key was and climbed down. Next question. Is Mikey visible in this amalgamation of... No. No? Okay. That's that's okay. It ate it. <laughs> I think it actually did. So the lights are now shining at you from a different angle. They are now coming across at you, um, which means that you will be at disadvantage if you're looking in that direction because you'll be blinded by them. All right, so next round of uh, of rolls. You can either choose to hide or run for your turn. And we're actually going to roll initiative to get into this because it's a little bit like a conflict. So if everyone can roll initiative for me, that's three dice. Add up the results and minus one. Nine. Nine. Six. Seven. Okay, and it rolled a 13. Oh, wow. Of course it did. That, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, like, look at this thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it is going to use its action to search. So all of you will be making either a hide or a flee roll if you are not already in a hiding position. It's up to you what you do. You can either try to run out of its gaze or hunker down where you are and hide. And you will roll according to what you do. So who's doing what as this thing does a sweep with its bizarre elbowless arms. I'm going to curl further into myself and, and hide a bit more where I am. I'm going to hide. I'm going to hunker down uh, where I am. Yeah, I'm going to hide too. Okay, so everybody's hiding. Yeah. Yep, everybody roll contested cowardice. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I got it. 
three. I like I pass eat like all three. Okay, it rolled a one, so you got one point, but you're all at a disadvantage at the moment. Oh, if you're looking at his direction. My cowardice is three, and I got a five, a four, and a four. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. good. I know. I just couldn't believe it. I was waiting for a one to show up, and it didn't. I was like, Oh, oh my god! Oh, right. I've been having bad luck with rolls. If it makes you feel even better, I like my cowardice is a five, and I got a one and a one and a one. <gasps> my cowardice. My cowardice is a five. I got a three, a two, and a four. No. <laughs> yeah, he's scared, buddies. You know, I think it makes sense that, that I fail because I'm still a bit in shock. And no, I think it makes sense for me having seen this before and still like terrified of it. Now seeing it in its yeah. full glory is still freaking me out. <laughs> okay, so what it then does as it concludes its search is one long winding arm like itself a snake. Embedded in the end is the spotlight. One heads towards Roy, the other one heads towards Caleb. And now it is, I didn't write our names, whoever got the nines. Oh, uh, me and uh, Roy. Uh, I, do I see this thing going for Roy? Oh yeah. Oh, in fact, that reminds me. Because you've all seen a monster, please draw a card. Oh, right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> good, 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 good. I also have a question, because one of my knowledge expertise areas is spatial awareness. Does that serve me at all in this? Um, yes. You have a good idea for uh, the distance you have to cover. Okay. I drew my haunt. Uh, well, I drew my virtue. So how much is that for like willpower? Three hearts. I think it's three. A. Oh, actually, no. Perhaps you don't need to draw a card for this because you've already seen this monster. Ah, oh. okay. Cool. Because that was my haunt. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to draw that card. <laughs> Feel free to put that to the bottom of the bottom of the deck. Done. Director, do Patch and I need to re-roll um, stress now because we failed? Oh, yeah. Please do. Thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten. Uh, the stress roll, please do medium cowardice. Oh, for God's sake. This thing is now <laughs> actually coming for you. I failed. Okay. Yeah, I failed as well. I'm stressed again for like the eighth time. I'm I'm tense. I mean, right now seems like an appropriate time to be stressed. Can't, yep, that's true. I'm very tense and angry and sad and a lot of emotions <laughs> at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, it is. It is remains your turn, I think. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do? I know this is probably a terrible idea, but I think I'm kind of really... Yes, I'm really scared, but I'm also really desperate and annoyed. So I think I'm going to... I, I want to near the creature. Like, I, I want to run near the creature to try to find any semblance of Mikey. But obviously, I'm not in a state where I'm just going to, like, beeline towards it. Instead, I'm trying to go around, like, stay close to the wall from just around, make my way all the way around from the side towards creature so i'm running i guess or like moving or hiding i don't i don't know what to... uh, yep given what you just described we'll make this a temper check oh thank god <laughs> yeah <laughs> think about it please do a medium temper check that is two successes so i guess that is that's success yeah. success yeah you leg it to like behind some crates yeah to begin the uh, kind of backing away so that you can come around yep. malcolm roy has just fled from your side. Like, I can imagine, it's like Malcolm was holding onto Roy, like, to pick him up. So it was just like a dart out. I was like, oh, uh, Roy, like, okay. You you probably heard me just whispering under my voice, like, Mikey, uh, before, like, running off. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, And he sees, like, obviously sees the spotlight, like, focusing on Roy. He's gonna, like, take out his phone. Uh, like, because that's all he got. And he just, like, looks at it. And he's going to chuck it, like, away from Roy, like, to see if it could, like, follow that instead. Yep. So you don't need to roll to throw it if you're just throwing it in a direction. Mm-hmm. You chuck it. 
The spotlight veers towards it briefly as if it was distracted, but upon looking at it, it seems to decide it's not what it wants. However, you have disrupted the chase. Okay. Caleb. You said there were a bunch of, like, tarps and canvases and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab one. I'm going to try and throw it over the spotlight. Okay. Please make, make that an easy clumsiness roll. Easy clumsiness. I got to use a point of willpower because I my easy. <laughs> oh, no, easy. Easy. Easy, easy, easy I pass. Easy, I pass. So you pull a tarp off what turns out to be a clothing rack was underneath it and fling it in the direction of the spotlight because the spotlight is currently moving forward it's really easy to kind of hook it on as it goes past you and one of the spotlights is now dimmed yes Teresa right where are the spotlights in relation to me at the moment because I'm over on the left aren't I? Mm-hmm. So one of them is near you and is staring currently at the ground at the phone that Malcolm dropped. The other one is veering off towards the right of Malcolm and has just been covered by a blanket. And how far am I through the room, do you reckon, at this point? You're about 20 feet to the back wall away, so you'd run about <sighs> 20 feet to get to the, the back wall. How far can I run in one go? So running is done in metres. I don't know why I didn't describe that room. In metres would have been really helpful. 20 feet is about 6 metres. So in one turn you can move up to 5 metres if you do really well. I'm going to slowly kind of creep forward okay. as far as I can get away with within a turn, Yep. but still sheltered by boxes and crates and whatever. Are there any, like, tarpaulin or anything near me? Any light sheets that I could kind of pull over myself as I'm going? Yeah, there are dust covers on some strangely shaped... It looks a little bit like a wall, but it has... It's almost like a castle wall where it's got the um, the bumpy top. So I kind of... I very slowly pull up one of those and kind of okay. half cover myself with it and kind of army crawl forward um, until I'm within the five metres that I need to be to run. You pull the dust cover off what initially looks to be some kind of strange lumpy wall. What turns out is beneath it is a line of very strange looking mannequins. God. Okay. When you say strange looking. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. Exactly yeah. Yeah. They look like dress shop mannequins. They're not terrible. They've all got fixed limb positions. They don't have joints. But what they do have is lots of strange things carved into them. You can't see hugely from across the room in the dark. But Reese is close enough to see when she looks at them that what is carved into them is lots and lots of frantic scribbling of advertisements. There's also something painted in red on them. And there are how many? Four? Yeah. All for each of us. Okay. Can I see what's painted in red? Mm. It's the word traitor. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Um, who's this for so this doesn't resonate with any of you particularly yeah i am am i now within the five meters of the key so on your next turn you can absolutely do a run for it on my next turn okay it's now the creature's turn cool the light that was on the camera starts to pivot away and up malcolm Please, can you do a contested carelessness check? (laughs) (laughs) The one that I suck at. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I got two. Okay, well, it also got two. Defender wins. You manage just to shuffle backwards so the light doesn't clip you as it sweeps up, but it very nearly caught you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) As it pivots away from the phone, a cable does shoot down from the ceiling and grab the phone almost faster than lightning. The light sweeps up and goes back to trying to find Roy. The other one that now has the blanket on it 
pauses and waits. Malcolm and Roy's turn. How far away am I from the main body of the creature? Like, I imagine it's still in front of the key and stuff like that, so... What's in front of the key currently are two long tendrils of winding cables fashioned into something like arms. The main body, presumably, is whatever they attach to, which remains above you. How far away am I from the two hands? So the one that's near Caleb, uh, you're quite close to. The one that's that you ran away from, you've created distance from. Right. Uh, just, I just want to punch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is entirely um, in character for uh, Royce. <laughs> I Royce. Um, do I, like, I know that there are like the two arms that are in front of the keys. Do they have any lights on them? Because I think... If, if it's just wires, then I feel like he's just going to deflate a bit because there's nothing he, he feels like he can harm, you know? But if there is like a... Yeah. So if you are like intentionally looking closer at the cable, there are indeed things embedded in it, mostly electrical equipment and all stuff that you would expect to see in a studio. So at one point, you think you spot something that looks a bit like a, a lapel mic. It's not Mikey though. It's not Mikey though, but there are other things in there. If anything, seeing another mic is going to make me more angry. Mm. Um, <laughs> Alright. <laughs> do I see anything even vaguely flammable? Something that will actually burst into flames or like actually... No, unfortunately not. Other than the, I mean, the blanket you throw over it, probably more flammable than anything else. Um, the wooden crates around you, definitely probably flammable. Uh, can I, would I be able to sneak to the key without pushing, like, or is it, is it like completely blocked away, the path to the key? Oh, the, the key is, you could probably walk around the cables if they weren't apparently alive. So presumably if they don't move and don't intercept you, yes, you could probably sneak around them. Yeah, I'm gonna try to do that, or at least like, Take a deep breath. Like I, I was angry, and just seeing this, and like, I, I, as as you said, like there's nothing there, so I kind of deflate, and I think I'm just like the key. Well, I'll, I'll take the key uh, in in my head, and I think I just calmly, or as calm as I can be in this situation, walk towards the key. You don't need to make a roll. You can walk calmly at this point. The one that is closer, that would in theory would have caught you, is stopped for whatever reason. Welcome. What is that other spotlight? doing it appears to be looking beyond you to try and find where roy went so it's creeping further back into the room behind you and will then be heading around the corner so it's just beginning it's okay beginning to retrace where it thought it saw roy went part of me wanted to do this but this is what shadi would do not what malcolm would do <laughs> is like drape myself in the like the drapery and then like walk <laughs> and then stop as if i'm a mannequin Yep, yep. <laughs> but, that would have been quite but, smart. Uh, yeah. that is a, I mean, it's a valid tactic. It is a valid tactic. It doesn't but... seem to be picking up any of the crates it's sweeping over. Ah, okay. I <laughs> will do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's going to drape himself and then uh, walk. I guess I don't know how like what the line of crates are, but he's going to like follow the line of crates and then stop if he sees light coming towards him. Okay. But he's going to make himself his way closer to or following Roy's path, I guess. You do not need to roll for that. You can just walk. There's nothing in your way. Caleb. So Roy was nearby. I think he would have probably been like just watching to cover for Roy in case something happened. If anything, maybe grab another blanket to put up like on himself near a crate. Okay. Teresa, are you doing anything in that inter- 
intervening moment. You, you can absolutely probably actually make it to the key if you yeah, if you're key. running for go it. Go for the key. I'm sprinting for the key. Yep. Okay. Are the um are the two lights are they suitably distracted away from me? One light appears to be still with a blanket on it at this stage, um, and the other one is proceeding towards the room, the end of the room with the door because it's following Roy. Neither of them care about you right now. I'm sprinting for the key. Okay. You get it. It's just on a hook on a wall. Does anything happen? No. Nope, but now you have the key. So they're still being chased right now. Uh, oh, Malcolm, you're still quite close to the the door, aren't you? Yeah. You hear it unlock. All right. So he, his head turns and is like, "Did someone get the key? I heard the key unlock." And then he's like, Where's "Yeah, it? I, I I got it. What happened? What made you think I got it?" Uh, the, the, the I heard the door unlock. We can run back. So you're saying the game is to get across the room safely, get the key, and then get back across the room safely. The monster's not going anywhere. No, no, we gotta go. We gotta get here. They haven't even left a door up here. And with that, it is the monster's turn. So the light that had stopped, because it had a blanket over it, three tendrils come down from the ceiling of those sparking cables again, and they very delicately lift the blanket off the light and pull it up to the ceiling. That's the one time they're delicate. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's like... amazing for some reason. The light, however, immediately comes back to life and turns around and blinds Caleb as it shines directly in his face. Oh. <laughs> it's going to attack you and it attacks you by simply raising the light and bringing it down over your head as if to bash you with it. Hmm, that sounds painful. That's brutal. That's oh so God. brutal. Yeah. All right, it's a contested roll, so please... Let's go with ignorance. Ignorance. Okay. One success. I'm afraid that's not enough. So the parkan that is embedded in the in the cabling comes down with tremendous force over your temple. Ooh. Please take a oh. grievous wound. Oh, Jesus. Oh my God. You have just been hit over the head with such force. If you were to take another one, it would likely do real significant structural damage to your skull. Oh God. As it is, there is some blood and you feel there is ringing in your ears. If anyone remembers poor Jeff, who you found, he too had a caved-in skull. Uh, uh, I feel like it's all flashes across <laughs> Are there any additional injuries that I should be aware of, apart from like the Grievous, should, any notes? Um, so in terms of Grievous, yeah. y- you cannot now make medium or easy difficulty checks unless you have a relevant item or experience until you get some kind of medical oh, attention. Christ. That is brutal. That is that is painfully brutal. I, I'm gonna write head broke. It's very very accurate. <laughs> you, you at minimum have have a concussion, quite likely. So it's now Malcolm and Roy. Uh, Caleb has, has presumably hit the deck with the force of this swing. How does Caleb look? Is he still standing? <laughs> He's still conscious. Wow. It's up to you, uh, Patch. How, I, I mean, I think at this point, with the, with the force of what you said, he's on the ground. Absolutely. Yeah. Does it look like he can get up on his own? That's the question. It's very dark in the room. However, there is a spotlight on, on Caleb conveniently. <laughs> um, so you see the blood now smeared across his face as oh. the light lingers above him ominously. So it's staying on him. It's staying on him. What are you going to do, Malcolm? <sighs> I'm going to look at Roy and hope he gets the picture, but Malcolm's going to run over, use the draping that he's covered in, and try to block it out. Kind of like do that thing where you're like trying to bag over the lighting okay. while you're going. Does that make yep. sense? So like you're covering the spotlight, but since it's hovering, yeah, you have to like kind of scoop it if this is the best way to put it. All right. That's bold. I like it. It's very bold. <laughs> <laughs> Extremely bold. Yeah. 
let's go. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And hopefully Roy gets the, well, actually I'm gonna shout to Roy, like get him, get him please. Roy runs runs to Caleb. Like I guess what, I, what I'll do is like pick him up and like drag him. And I'd like, also like to say that I do take out my lighter while I'm doing this. Okay. I am not giving up my revenge Ooh. so easily. <laughs> Set the room on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Caleb, it is your turn. You are conscious. Uh, the world is spinning and your ears are ringing. And for a moment, you can see spots. And it's just that bizarre feeling when you get hit of what just happened. <laughs> ah, that one was so much worse than the other times. It's fine. You're awake. And if Roy is dragging, yeah, I think Caleb would realize that there is a tarp covering him. Like, at least. So I think he'd be smart enough to, like, be going but stay in the cover okay so you just kind of cling to the cover that's i'm clinging to whatever will be able to be clung to that's probably both the cover and roy yes so with the fact that you were going along with it roy won't have to roll to um to move you which is absolutely fine Teresa, you have a key beside you on either side are tendrils connecting to these lights Anisha's <laughs> <laughs> very like smiling with like a very <laughs> look uh... <laughs> it's like a realisation a smile of realisation I had a plan but now I have another plan oh no new plan oh, no. new plan <laughs> <laughs> I take out my lighter and I set the cables on fire. Okay. (laughs) And then duck out from between them. All right. Something within the cables does catch. So there is a small currently. It hasn't exploded in flame, but there is, it has caught. So there is one end of a cable that was sparking that is now lit. Almost like a, um, (laughs) like an incense burner. Getting very hot as the flame picks up and begins to travel towards the main body of the cables. It's now the monster's turn. One cable's slightly alight. The one that, that you've scooped up once again seems to go dormant upon its light being covered up. How long that lasts, however, you did see what happened last time. The one that was chasing Roy. Uh, Roy, when you grabbed Caleb, are you doing a loop around where you came from or are you turning around and going back the way you've just come? So I wouldn't turn backwards. I would just go straight beeline towards the door. So if it's following my path, it would have to go further around and like kind of follow me, I guess. Yeah. Loop around the crates. Yeah. Yeah. So with apologies, I think the logical thing for it to do is to continue to chase you, especially yeah. now because you're now lumbered with some cargo. So it will indeed chase you. So that's going to be a contested check. Please, can you make a frailty check? I'm going to re-roll that. I'm tensor two. Caleb, you can help with this roll potentially. Sure. How can I? How would be the best way to do that? Uh, if you want to make a also a frailty roll just to see if you can pick up your feet enough to be less of a the burdening force. He's fine, he's not a burden, it's, it's okay. So he would add on one success. In that case, it's a total of three because I got two successes. Brilliant. You manage to outpace it, but it is still following you. You pull away and make it to the safe zone around the door that you were in before. In that case, I'd like to say that I don't know how this would work, but I would also like to, because I have my lighter on my, in my right hand while I'm holding um, Caleb on, on my left shoulder, mm-hmm. anything that's flammable that I'm passing be it sheets or boxes or anything I'm just gonna light them on fire as I go <laughs> oh my god <laughs> all right so as you run you do hold out the lighter with the force of the wind created by the motion of you only one or two things seem to singe and nothing really catches yeah because you're not really holding it for long enough to catch but you do some damage to some scenery and one of the blankets does uh, start to singe and 
take a little bit. You are aware that there are two other people in the depth of this room who have to get past the fire you're creating. You'll be fine. You are aware of that, right? Pyromania wins overall. It's fine. It's going to take a minute to catch fire. It's going to take a minute to start, like, getting big. It'll take a while. So it is up to you if you want to argue that you've just acted in accordance with your vice for the temptation towards revenge. My counterpoint would be that if you were acting more out of malice than temptation towards revenge, you'd, you'd have to convince me, but... That is an opportunity for you if you wanted some tasty willpower back. I definitely, I mean, it is malicious, but it was more from the point of revenge, I think. So it is definitely revenge, purely and pure unadulterated revenge. Uh. It's definitely more, re- yeah, okay. Um, so with that in mind, it's probably leaning more towards malice yeah. than, than temptation. Uh, which is fine. I just wanted to let you know that seemed like an action that was fairly significant because there are other people in the room that, that would count as like a, a vice action. Yeah, no, I, I think it was very much like I want to destroy this thing. I'm very, it's very narrow-minded, very just like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I forgot the phrase, like when hmm. something. <laughs> you do you, Roy. Yeah, okay, that's fine. It's now Malcolm and Roy's turn. Malcolm, the cable has gone, is, is approaching you, but only in mm-hmm. insofar as Roy and Caleb have gone past you, so it is following them. However, you are currently holding the other one. Alright, I'm gonna let it go and I'm gonna make a run. So it's like, it's passing me but it's following them. I'm gonna go the opposite way, like, and run in the opposite direction to get out. Cool. Please, can that be an impatience roll? It's an easy roll. Can't do easy. Yeah, I can only do medium. Oh, it's yeah. unfortunate. I was like, I would love to take that, but yeah, I, I got arm power. <laughs> I got two successes, so six, six, yep. and one, and my impatience is a two, so six, six. Yep. Um, you, you also leg it back towards the door. And I'm guessing the, the flame, the pseudo flame that I said isn't, isn't like an actual flame, it's just like... A corner of a bit of blanket has indeed caught fire. It's not doused in any massively flammable material, but it is burning. Okay, in that case, I'm just going to make as much noise as I can, just shouting and screaming, trying to get both the attention of the cables so that they wouldn't won't chase anyone, but also the attention of Teresa, especially because she's quite far in, trying to get her to run this way. I set it on fire! <laughs> I'll scream back, so did I! Great minds! <laughs> Great minds! Just get out! Get out now! <laughs> Caleb. Okay. So, I mean, Caleb's there. Doors unlocked. Open door. Don't want to be there anymore. And the hallway is absolutely spotless. It looks almost like brand new refurbished. So, like, we we came into this building and it looked decrepit and old and stinky and broke apart. And now it looks mm. brand spanking new. Yeah. It looks absolutely brand new um, and also very dated at the same time. So it looks like if you'd stepped into the 80s, this would have been a brand new refurb and it would have looked great. I'm good. Just like look back. It's like, okay, I know I hit my head really bad, but does anyone else see that? It <laughs> is new, right? We're probably slightly distracted. <laughs> That's fair. He'll, uh, but he'll still, I guess, hold the door open. Okay. He's propping it open with like his back or something. <laughs> Reese, how far is it to the door? There's a few things in the way in the form of large crates, but you could, if you're careful, start around them and sprint it. I'm gonna do that. Okay, please just make a medium carelessness roll for me. No, clumsiness. We're fine, we're fine, we're fine. Yeah, you got we're it, fine. you got it, okay. It's, 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 I can't tell. I, I, no, no, it's disbelief. It's pure disbelief because my clumsiness is two and I got a three, a four, and a five. Oh yeah. my God. Come out. Nice. So you make it to Roy and Caleb. It's now the creature's turn. It stops. With the door open, it seems to have 
stopped. More specifically, the key has made it to the door. Ah. <laughs> Very slowly, it unwraps itself from the scenery it had wound around and rescinds back towards the back wall, up to the ceiling, and you hear a large, heavy exhale. And the lights go out in the room. Is it a mechanical sounding exhale or an alive creature sounding exhale? A bit of both. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. That yeah. Cool. <laughs> like, I could, I'm just imagining that sound in my head. I'm like, oh. I hate to ask, but how's the fire doing? <laughs> how's the fire doing? It's it's a really, it, it's got some spunk. Like, it's going for it. Okay. It's going really slowly, but it's not, it's not been, there's been nothing to put it out, but there's also nothing to encourage it to go particularly fast. So it is just really slowly charring its way up the blanket. Cool. <laughs> uh. Just to confirm, you are leaving the room. Yeah. yeah. I think I wait till the end and then just probably swear under my breath when I see the like creature receding like taking solace in the fact that this fire is still going and I'm really hoping like the only thing that's keeping me going is like the idea that the whole thing will just burn <laughs> burn <laughs> to the ground so you successfully beat hide and seek and now you have a fourth key and some extra time brilliant <sighs> This is out of character. I mean, personally, I want to know what's in the chest. So mm, yeah. my mm-hmm. vote is proper. Yeah, me too. Yep, yeah, same. Caleb, how are you doing? You you took a pretty hard blow back there. You all right? Yeah. Caleb <laughs> is bleeding profusely from his scalp. Yeah, it's a lot more blood. Uh, like, can we do something about it? Do we have, uh, none of us have first aid kits, but like, do we have, like, can I just, uh, I don't know, like rip a bit of my trouser or something like that to, or like shirt or something to wrap around his head? Yeah. So this is called an unskilled roll. So something like first aid, where you need to have some modicum of training in. If you have the training in the form of a skill, cool, you can just use it. If not, it comprises of two roles because it's unskilled. So the first role is going to be an ignorance role to work out how to do the thing you want to do. And the second one will be actually carrying out the role, carrying out the action. Is this something that other people can help with? Can I Can I help? You can be a team effort, absolutely. So I take off my jacket and I, so I've, the way I'm dressed, I've got like a top and then I've got a, a loose t-shirt over it. So I take off the t-shirt bit, okay. put the jacket back on and I'm ripping my t-shirt to make a bandage thing. Okay, so anyone who is assisting with the, the first aid, please do make um, a medium ignorance check. Uh, I succeeded the medium ignorance. I also succeeded the medium ignorance. Fantastic. So now if you can do... Both of you can make repulsion rolls just for dealing with blood. No! <laughs> Wait, are we, we're the two who have really high repulsion, aren't we? This is my five. No. Yeah, this is my five as well. This is my other of five. Oh. The worst two individuals. <laughs> yep, so Teresa, let's do our best. Um, should, like, let's see how it goes. Yeah. Teamwork. I've got I've got zero successes. I'm gonna re-roll by using willpower. I'll have to do a stress check as well, I'm guessing. I'm gonna use a willpower. That's also a fail. So we both failed then. But yeah, we tried. Okay. You work out the premise of what you need to do together. You know, you work out the logistics of it. When it comes to actually applying what you've figured out, you do indeed end up with some fabric around his head. Whether or not it is adequately stopping the bleeding or whether or not it will just fall off, you aren't sure. But you've done the best you can. There is fabric on his head. I've got a very fancy hat. Sorry, Caleb. It's so it's soaking up the blood at the very least. So the the outcome is definitely saving Caleb's clothes from getting extra bloody. It doesn't actually, unfortunately, do quite enough to qualify for the first stage to remove the penalty. Yeah. Oh, well. We tried. So adjusting his new jacket hat. Okay. Uh, can we can we see what these keys do? Yeah. Let's go get the, um... Yeah. What is it? The chest. 
go to the chest. Do you need any help or can you stand and walk and whatever on your own? I think we should help. I say that before even waiting for a response. I can I can stand and walk. Straight lines, not so short. <laughs> so Malcolm's going to take one side of Caleb with his good shoulder. Okay. And it's just like, does anyone want to help with the other? I take the other side. I kind of go in front of them and I'm trying to plot out where we are in relation to where this chest is. Okay. Using my spatial awareness. Spatial awareness wise, you are still quite close to where you fought the creature with the faces in the torso. You can see down the corridor that was blockaded off. There's a sign to the left and then some signs directing costume and props. I think at one point I'm going to be saying, once we, um, once we get out of here, uh, I'm going to bend this place down. I just want you to know this. Malcolm's going to look like you are very ready to just set things on fire. I'm, I'm noticing this and I'm a little worried. It's, it's not staying up. It's, it's not staying up. It's kind of funny. It is a little bit, but... uh. I feel like, Roy, I feel like if we set things on fire as a way of escaping, I feel like that's understandable. I feel like otherwise it's just arson <laughs> and we probably should do that. It took Mikey. I feel like what's happening to us is something akin to murder. And so me putting this on fire is self-defense. It's attempted murder. But if we burn it, we don't have any proof. Who's going to believe us? So I figure that out and go, it's this way. And while we're walking, while I'm saying to Risa, it's like, this is not a safe place to leave alone even after we leave. Assuming we even survive the whole thing. Can we talk about how nice this place looks now? Like... It was really messed up before. Yeah, this place looks good. You know all that crap that was on the floor where you fought the thing? Where, like, the barricade was and there was bits of chair and all sorts. And there was, you know, that broken camera. That's all gone. It's pristine. Uh... Brand new wallpaper. Who's cleared it up? Please don't tell me we travelled back in time or something. Oh, the voices of Jeff and Sam repeating their conversation from earlier start up beside you. Oh. And then walk away from you. Do we feel anything with that? Like, is it, or is it just that traveling sound near us? It's just, it's just the sound. You know, I always knew I would get sick of Jeff's voice and it's really <laughs> getting to that point now. I mean, it is on a loop. You can still just about hear them when they reach the point in the conversation where they start talking about how stupid it would be to drop a body from the ceiling because that's so, no, that doesn't work. I think when that happens, I just, Shout out, shout out, Jeff. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jeff does not respond to you. You open up costume and props. The first section seems to be predominantly costumes, and oh boy, there are costumes. This place is filled to the brim with racks of clothing. Spatially awareness-wise, it's not it's a bit off. It feels a bit too big. There's a bit of a TARDIS effect going on. But nonetheless, you're in the costume area. There are mannequins around that are in clothes, some of which are being partially tailored. It looks as though someone working at a desk might have just stood up and left. Everything is laid out as if they were working on it. There is no cobwebs, no signs of decay anywhere. It's almost warm. You can almost feel a bit of central heating going on from a radiator somewhere. It's actually quite homely. I'm immediately suspicious. I have three questions. Question number one, is there a chair? A chair, yes. There's a chair at one of the um, one of the work desks. Okay. Question number two, do we spot the chest? Not at this point, but the room continues quite far back beyond the, the racks of clothing. So presumably props are okay. a bit further on. Final question. Do the mannequins look alive? Are you investigating the mannequins? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, you approach one of the mannequins. <laughs> I'm already worried. No, 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 no. Roll an easy cowardice check for me. That's a five. Okay, I'm uh, surprisingly, that's a success. Okay, 
the mannequin is creepy and it has a hat pulled down over its face. So you can't quite make out what that is. However, if you want to, you can lift up the hat. What does catch your attention, because you're not too focused on how creepy the mannequin is, is the body lying on the floor behind it. What? What? Okay. <laughs> what? I think we found Sam. So, guys, I, I think I have good news and I have bad news. Yeah. Good news, the mannequins aren't alive. Bad news, something is dead. Uh, what? <laughs> What's dead? Well, someone is dead. Uh, and I, I point to the dead body, like, so everybody can kind of see it. Hey, look over. Can we, do, do we know who this is? You can move the mannequins aside to have a look at the body. It appears to have been clawed with something. It's a woman, so not Sam. Her face is frozen in a scream of terror, and there are large gash wounds across her middle. She appears to have bled out or been frightened to death. She is lying there staring straight up and she looks like she has been there a long time. It's almost, rather than decaying, it's more like mummification. I'm gonna put Caleb in a chair first of all, walk near the body and I don't know why, I think, like Roy doesn't know why, he just feels maybe a bit morose, but uh, are the eyes open or? The eyelids have withered and, and dried open, yeah. Right. Is it Chloe? No. Okay. We don't recognize the person, do we? None of you do. I I don't know if this is ignorance, but I wanted to know if those marks, like like those claw marks, would match the hornet. Okay. Uh, let's just go with a repulsion roll because it's pretty gross to look at. Medium repulsion, please. So all three are over. So three, yep. three, two, and my repulsion's one. So nice. So that thing speared with like a bony tip of a, of a stinger. It wouldn't have made raking claw marks. Generally speaking, can I use my knowledge of gothic folklore to try and determine what killed her? Whether it was a crocotta or something else? Yep. Anusha, if you want to roll an easy ignorance, but your ignorance is one because you're using your sort of gothic horror knowledge. So that's a five, a one and a six. Okay. These are very much claw marks. They're almost like large cat. They're a bit too spaced out, basically, to be a crocotta, which has paws that are quite hyena-like. This is three really spread out big ones. So possibly some kind of werewolf or wolverine, but it would, it would need to be significantly bigger than a crocotta would be, if, if the myths are to be believed. Absolutely. Big cat wolverine thing. While they're looking at the body and like analyzing and investigating it, I'm going to take the, the hat from the mannequin. Okay. You lift up the hat off the mannequin's face and it is a person's face. For a moment, it is your friend's. Please draw a card. Oh, I did not expect that. Just on the off chance, can I have a look at the mannequin's hands? The mannequin's hands? Yeah. Yep, it is indeed missing a thumb and a pinky. However, they do look like normal human hands, otherwise. Oh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, I did not even (laughs) consider it. I thought that was going to be the stupidest question I'd ever asked, and I think it might have been useful. (laughs) Pretty genius. So, Roy, be careful, because there might be knives in their hands. Yeah, so I think before that happens, when I see the face, I'm going to scream out loud and kind of back up and probably trip over the dead body and fall to the ground. Uh, Malcolm, like, backs up when that happens. It's like, whoa, Roy, what's good? What happened? That's that's not a mannequin. That, that That's my... Fr- if you look back at the mannequin now, it is just a mannequin's face. Like, what? No, 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 that's, that's not a mannequin, that's, that's... It, it looks like a mannequin, man. Guys. He's supposed to be dead. He's supposed God, to be dead. Roy. I... 
Roy, it's okay. I mean, I say that, but look, guys, so the body has three scratch marks on it, like that. Yeah, the mannequin has three fingers in the same, would you, would you say out of game, it's the same kind of layout? Yeah, so they are three, they are spread. There, there are no knives, they do look regular now, but they, it is three very widely spread fingers and it has it on both hands. The mannequin has three widely spread fingers on both hands that match the scratch marks on the body. Are they bloody? No, lean as a whistle. I think the mannequin might have as ridiculous as this sounds, and I can hear myself sounding ridiculous as someone whose job it is to research folklore and often try and rationalise it, I think a mannequin may have killed this woman. No, it, it's 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 not absurd. It, he's after me. This is this is my fault. This is this is my fault. What is your fault? Uh, I'm just gonna like back away further, like as far as possible. The mannequin remains motionless. It's it's a mannequin. How many mannequins are there? There are a few around. They all have their faces hidden in one way or another. Oh my lord. Oh no. <laughs> Some of them do have regular hands. It's just this one in particular that seems to have the three. Is anyone looking at the mannequins apart from me? I'm still staring at the mannequin that I took the hat off of, but... I'm just wondering what happens if we all stop looking at it. Well, keep your eye on it then, please. <laughs> this isn't surely. You're not suggesting an eye kind of trail off. That the, another monster in this room? Probably. I mean, no- nothing we fought would make do this. <laughs> Can we, l- let's just find the chest and leave, okay? Like, the, the sooner we leave this godforsaken place, the better. Best thing I've heard today. All right, I'll keep an eye on the mannequins, okay? Uh, you guys go to the chest. It's all right, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them. I'll keep an eye on the mannequins. Okay. Okay, you go. I'm gonna take a few more puffs of inhalers and then toss the hat that I took from the mannequin back to uh, to Therese and say, I think um, pointing to the mannequin without the hat, probably probably for the best. It, you think it wants its hat back? It was like that before. If you're worried, it's going to, I mean, right. if it can't see us. Okay, sure. Um, I put the hat back on the mannequin. It does nothing, but is now wearing a hat. All right, so to the chest then. Roy and Malcolm are going to the chest. I assume Caleb's staying in the chair. Caleb is staying in the chair and he'll just pass off his key to whoever. Before following Malcolm, I'm going to really quickly like take some kind of fabric from somewhere and just place it on top of the dead body's face and just whisper, "I'm, I'm sorry before quickly catching up to Malcolm. So behind all of the racks of clothing and the stacks of fabric that are around, there is a corridor with a sign that says props this way, pointing down the corridor. It is quite dark and there seem to be pictures on the walls, but you'd need to advance into it to have a look. Is there like a light switch in this area or no? The lights behind you again in the costume room, completely wholesome and normal and stuff. This corridor looks a little bit gloomy, but you don't get, it's more sad than anything else. With how kind of just slowly dimming the light is as you go further down. Okay. Caleb, are you looking at the mannequins at all? I'll look wherever I need to. So yeah, sure, he'll look at it. <laughs> <laughs> looking at it, but his eyes are crossing. Yeah, looking at it, it's like... Mm. I wait for a moment when no one else... A split second when no one else is looking at the mannequin, and I close my eyes. You close your eyes. For, you know, five seconds, and then open them again. All right. Actually, I made that three. Make that three seconds. So, what you see when you open your eyes is... There's no sound, but you see the shadow of a woman running into this room, crashing into the table. Something large and looming stalks after her. It raises its arm up, brings it down, and opens its mouth, and then the vision ends. That's when my eyes are closed? Yep. But when they are open, everything is as it was. Okay. 
Can I tell what the thing chasing the woman was? Yes. You don't need a roll for this. The vision told you what you need to know, which is that what went after her was hers. Mm. What? In the same way you looked at your monster and knew that it was yours. Oh. So someone else who was in this thing before us got killed by something. You can extrapolate from it however you wish, but that is that is the feeling that enters you as you witness the scene. Okay. I call out to the other two. You're right up there. How's it looking? We, we're still searching, but um, yeah, it's just really dark out. Do you need goggles? Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be great, actually. Because I'm still wearing them at this point, so I take them off and I okay. I go around and I kind of. I'm kind of keeping an eye on Caleb and the mannequins and I go around the corner and kind of leave them on the floor. So, yep, you get the night vision goggles and the handoff goes completely smoothly and you head back to the corridor. The corridor remains dark, but as you go back down it, what you now see is that the pictures are glowing through the night vision goggles, almost like they've been painted in some kind of light that only shows up in certain circumstances. What are the pictures? So, they're award pictures of a cast and crew with dates. There are a few for each year that Dolity Park was running. How far are you going down the corridor? There's a door at the end, you can see. I'd like to go to the last year, the year that so, everything kind of... So in the final picture, it looks almost like a different cast. Everybody is tired. Everybody is thinner. The branding is different and looks a lot cheaper. There's also, tucked away behind it, a bit of a newspaper article. You can just see the corner that has, like, the end of the word Times, as if some kind of you know, Sunday Times type newspaper. I hesitantly take it out and read it. It's a newspaper article about Jollity Park. The date is illegible. However, the the gist of the article is that amid embarrassing fallings in ratings, the producer of Jollity Park responds to accusations against a rigged game show. He says, of course not, that would be illegal. I'm not worried about the ratings and the win rates are about the same as previous seasons. There is nothing suspect happening. Hmm. Christ. For comparison, in all the photos up to this point, everyone is happy. And the only thing different between the two is the producer. I wonder what happened in the um, last year. The only thing I can see is the, uh, seems like the producer's different. I was going to ask Roy to give the goggles to me so I can read people on the picture. Let me see. Yeah, sure thing. And I hand them over. And I'm going to uh, do my expertise reading people. All right. Uh, Repulsion roll, please. Easy. No, not easy. Sorry. It'll have to be medium. I want to give you an easy. Oh, no, no. Expertise. Expertise can give you an easy. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. That's true. I I got two. Amazing. Are you just trying to assess people's moods and and stuff? Uh, Yeah, so like looking at the before, the year before and then the final year, let's see, I guess like what the unhappiness is, if it's exhaustion or if it's something specific. So there's a mix of of issues with people's faces. Some people actually even look a little bit guilty. Some people just look exhausted. Some people, there is no joy to be found in that picture. The only one who looks remotely smug about or happy about anything is the producer who is different in the pre- in the picture before there is the genuine pride of people who put work into something that they cared about hmm. interesting he takes the goggles off and gives them back to roy some of them look guilty some of them look exhausted the only person that looks really happy in this one is this producer dude this new one as i put on the goggles again it's weird i wonder what happened to the old one and guilty what is he guilty about? The rigging? Was it real then? The producer's not guilty. Everyone else is. It could be rigging, but I feel like something else has happened this last season. Listen, as as, as much as I want to find out, I, I think we should just focus on the chest for the moment. I'm going to be honest. I feel like whatever's happening right now is having something to do with 
whatever happened before. As you say these words, you move a step forward in the mystery. So please do relieve your stress on level if any of you are on the stress track. Yay! You've made Yay. progress. <laughs> so as that feeling washes over you of, okay, well, something's starting to come together, you feel a vague shift in the world around you. And when you turn back to look at the prop store, there are now two doors. One of them says chief exec's office, one of them says props. Can you also remind us of something? Um, remember the video we saw of the two individuals putting the thing into the chest? Did we see any of their faces? Do we recognize anyone from the picture? The producer in the suit is definitely the producer from the last picture, from the last year. That was the man in the suit who, as you think back on the video, seems to have an argument with one of the engineers who then took something out of the chest. Okay. Remembering that, I think I turned to Malcolm and says, yeah, I think, um, I'm sure you're right. Uh, you know, I remember the video and everything like that. Something's, something's up. Something's up. I just, I just wish I knew how it translated to this weird supernatural stuff that's happening right now, but... Well, we've got two doors now. <laughs> I guess we yeah. can... Yeah. What do you want to do? Exec? Yeah, I was thinking the same. All right, let's do it. So, Caleb, while you're alone in the room, while Reese has gone off to hand over the night vision goggles, mm -hmm. between some coats somewhere in front of you, if your eye drifts off the mannequin for a moment, you see a pair of crutches, which look very familiar. Okay. Please draw a card. It's a virtue. Ooh. Nice. When you look back, the crutches are not there. So you've entered the chief exec's room. It's bizarre. There is what appears to be a shrine set up at the desk, which heralds praise on the mascot and graphics and branding of the original Jollity Park, and broken at either side of the room, branding and bits of set from the last season. Jesus. So, Prideus is mad. Above you, something breathes. <laughs> I look at Malcolm and slowly turn to look. So, one of the key things in the shrine, for reference, is the original host with his costume. His costume changed in the last season. But up until that point, it was a really gaudy, sparkly suit. And when you look up to the ceiling, amidst the roiling cables and strange bits of charred, almost flesh, but it could also be scaly, it's a real mix of organic and mechanical. But mixed in with it, you see flashes of that glittery fabric from the suit. Oh. It doesn't seem to be doing anything. It's just existing above you. Do we see the chest around? There's no chest in this room. It is just the shrine, and then the rubble around the floor is all from the last season. Can I make a guess? So Malcolm's going to make a guess that what happened. So he's going to look at the shrine, see the picture of like the of the host, and he's going to look up and notice those. Mm. Like, make a list, like, did someone like do this to this building? Did someone like? Do I don't I don't know, man. I don't know nothing about magic or witchcraft or like the other side or anything like that. But like, is someone like setting this place up to like do this to us or do this to whoever enters? All I know is that that thing up there is either ate the host or is the host. Yeah. Uh, oh, that that sound. Like whenever it did the announcement, and it sounded like it was coming throughout the whole building. Do you think that like? Do you think the building is the host? Oh. Oh, he like Christ. shivers. <laughs> He's like, oh, what was the host's name? Brett Randall. Uh, Brett. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> like, is he he's gonna call out? You get no response. Well, I don't know what I was expecting. I was really hoping it wouldn't answer back anyway. But um, <clears throat> honestly, who knows? The clock is ticking. Let's let's get out. Let's of here. Let's get out of here. We got we know stuff. 
How long have they been gone? Um, so they've been gone about five minutes. Have I heard any noise from them whatsoever? No, they've been talking relatively quietly and they're quite far away. Okay. I'm gonna say to Caleb, give me a second. I'm gonna go to like the end of the room where it goes into the corridor. I'm gonna shout down the corridor. You guys doing okay? You're very quiet. And it's been five minutes. I'm assuming we're coming back out of the exact room. Yeah. As you turn to leave the office, voices start coming from behind you. Oh no. no, no. Are you turning around? Uh, I wasn't gonna just stop, not turn around yet, and hear what yeah, they have to say. Same. <laughs> so the shrine includes a television set, and playing on it looks like an episode of Jolly Park. As you watch, you're able to identify from the stuff around the floor that it is the last season, because it is using the the shoddier, heavily branded stuff, and. It plays out. It's an episode of Jollity Park. It's not going great. There's a lot of weird, awkward, it doesn't look very well edited. And there's a moment among the murmuring and uh, and chatter of the host where the contestants realize it's unwinnable. They begin to attack the host. The camera shudders as if someone puts it down or lets go, but you can still see what's happening as a fight breaks out. And in the background, the scenery comes to life and a wave of malice hits you from the screen as if you've just witnessed the birth of something terrible. The episode stops. Uh, okay. Lost episode? We now know what happened. Something happened that caused this. It's all about the malice. He was killed. A grudge, hatred. They're every negative emotion you could possibly think of. Like, I mean, look at that cast over the course of a whole season, plus the contestants felt gypped. Attacks the host. There's a shrine to the host. I feel like we're missing one key bit of the puzzle still. Yeah, maybe the other room. Yeah, yeah. At that point, Teresa's probably been shouting you a few times as you've watched this, but it has eaten some time, so you do need to start moving. Yeah. All right, uh, we're we're fine. We're almost done. We'll be there in a second. Do you want me to come and join? We're just checking the last room. Are the um, mannequins okay? I mean, they're creepy. Is Caleb okay? I lean back and and look at Caleb. I'm like, are you all right? Is there any reason why um, he doesn't come with us, by the way? Because Do you want to come? Do you want to go down a creepy dark corridor? And do you want some paracetamol before you go? Sure, just lead the way. I'll go. I give him some paracetamol and I'm like, right, come on, let's go. Okay, you can't wait for that to kick in. <laughs> all right, you all convene at the junction of doors where one is to the prop room and one is to the chief exec's office. I assume you're bringing your friends up to speed. And that's what happened in the last day. It's about as weird as everything else. Not surprising. I'll say. Does anyone think any of this has anything to do with that massive eye we saw earlier? Yeah. I think everything is connected, so... I feel like the host somehow merged with the building or something. Or maybe all the people did. I think everyone that enters this building, something is birthed from our our malice. Yeah. Like I said, it knows us. It knows us inside and out. Let's enter the room, eh? Yeah. You enter the prop room. It is the spitting image of the studio that you were in, with one key difference, which is that it contains the chest. There's also a corpse, or rather a skeleton, beside the chest, still in its work clothes. Is it the engineer clothes? They are. He must have come back, but did he put whatever he took in back in here? Roy walks towards the chest and just before, without opening it, he just looks back at the group. Shall I? Touch it first, see if, see what it feels like as a... Yeah, I touch it. Does it feel cold, warm? Like, how, what does it feel like? The chest just feels like a normal chest. If something happens and, I don't know, if I, if I don't make it out, promise me, promise me that you're going to burn this place down. I mean, that goes without saying, for sure. <laughs> just checking. And I open the chest. Right. The chest is empty, but as you look at it, inside where there should be something, there is nothing. 
and that sensation of nothingness bores into you. You feel as hollow as this is. You know something belongs here, but it's not here. This, this doesn't make sense. This, this, this doesn't make sense. It's, what? It, it should have been here. It, 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 whatever it is, it should have been here. The engineer took something out, right? That dude, do you, is he still on him? The skeleton on the floor beside you is splayed out. It looks a little bit like a body in a crime scene photo where its arms are splayed. There is one arm reaching up towards the chest. Its legs are behind it as if it fell forward. Like it was like going towards the chest and then... It- like it was probably going to put something in and then it got attacked and whoever attacked it took the thing. Would be my out-of-character guess. You can check the corpse more thoroughly. Yes, I would like to do that. Right. You check through the corpse. It's far too decomposed to gauge what killed it. There is some tearing and really old bloodstains on the clothes. What you find in its pocket is an envelope, a golden envelope, and a notebook. I I check the notebook first and read out what's written. So the notebook, it starts off as a regular kind of worksman notebook where he notes down things he needs to do later and a task list. And at a certain point, it turns into ramblings about conspiracy theories. And then a few pages later, it's talking about monsters. And a few pages later, it's become really despondent and is talking about how he's never going to get out of here and he's never going to see his wife again. And he's really sorry and he should never he should never have rigged the game he should never have let the producer talk him into it it's what ruined everything if he can just make it right if he can just make the game winnable again maybe he'll be safe it's true I open the envelope in it is a note which reads congratulations grand prize let's take that to the last stage they want us to go there and if we take that and we tell them we won they gotta let us go right no it it makes sense if what the engineer was saying as well to solve everything it needs to be winnable then we won right this this is proof that we won can i examine this chest a bit more yep as you look into the chest you also feel the void of nothingness the pull that something needs to be here can i examine it outside it's outside looks like a completely normal chest done up to the show's standards so wait 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 i has i have a crazy idea the the prize you open the chest and you get the prize right we take the envelope we put it in the chest we bring the chest we open it and we win take it to the stage we could try that but also maybe we're not the winners as in maybe the winners the guests in the in, in the video we saw Malcolm. yeah like you have a, like i think you're onto something they would have they should have one right exactly yeah. so let's give it to them let's give them the win yeah the final end to the episode it's worth a try well hang on i'm gonna put the envelope into the chest to see if the void feeling reduces or oh instantly it's like someone releasing a rubber band that was stretched of tension it's like just a sudden release of something Okay, I think we're onto something. Come on. Okay. Can I, is it one person liftable or does it require multiple people? It would need to. Maybe not, Caleb. Malcolm has no problem lifting it with his good arm, but he is not going to be able to do anything once he starts doing that. <laughs> Guess it's you and me, Teresa. Okay. Caleb's going to kind of like wave and go, can I, can I get another shield just in case? You can absolutely pick up another shield. Right, what's the best way to do this? So we're picking up... Yep. So between you, you don't need to make a roll. It's light enough as an empty chest with an envelope in it that you can just pick it up. (laughs) So yeah, you make your way back down the corridor of photographs, back through the costumes, past the corpse, past the mannequins, and back into the pristine hallway. Studio E beckons. Yep. We go there. Okay. This room is a little bit ominous to begin with. You walk in and it is lined with satin curtains. Hanging from chains all across the room are keys. 
At the far end, there are two chests and space for a third. There are spotlights, four spotlights, highlighting the chests. I look at Markham and Teresa and just kind of gesture towards the um, empty space. Guess that's where it is? Yeah, let's go. Mm, yeah. Okay. As you walk across the threshold, the door closes behind you and the timer showing your remaining time drops down so you can see it. Immediately, there's a knocking on the door behind you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Malcolm's like, let's go. <laughs> Does it sound like urgent? It starts slow and then picks up. Come in. No. Like, <laughs> when you say come in, they start rattling the handle furiously. I head to the door and try to open it. It's locked. The thing on the other side grows more frantic. Open the chest. Let's open it. You turn around and go to open the chest and it's locked. Okay. I'm going to put it back in this spot over there. I think this is the challenge. We need to, like, the door's locked, right? That means the challenge started. We should put it back. Right. Yes, you're right. Maybe the solution's in the other chests. Yeah, maybe we need to unlock all of them. So, what type of key, because none of the ones you're holding fit the lock on any of the chests. If I were to say one of the chests is cardboard with a lock on it, one of them's made of wood and is painted, and the other one looks a bit sci-fi. The one you've carried in is the wooden one. We need to find the keys. You're surrounded by keys. All the keys have a little note on them with a word. What key would you like to look for for what chest? I would like to look for the sci-fi key or sci-fi-ish looking key. Okay. I'll look for the wooden one. I'll look for the cardboard key. I'll just tag along with somebody. Okay. You start looking through the keys. They all have emotions written on them and there's all kinds of combinations of the three different types of keys and the words. And I would like you all to say, basically, your understanding of what went wrong, because as you continue to look through the words, you start to get words to do with crime and you start to get words to do with negativity. What word or what set of words do you think makes sense here? Because you are you feel intrinsically like this is linked. Cheating? Yep. You find one with cheat written on it. Rigged? Yep. You find rigged? I was going to say guilt. Guilt, yes. Guilt's another one. You find guilt? Emptiness. As the words come to you, you find them. Okay. Shall we try all of them? Yeah. Okay. The thing at the door, beat up, sounds like it's turned into a battering ram and is trying to get the door down. <laughs> so you start working the keys through the chests. And sure enough, every time one opens, you gain recollection of your feelings about what went on here. So you open the cardboard chest and you remember the last season when everything's a bit fake and everything doesn't look right. And the word that fit that, that chest was rigged. Mm. The wooden one opens with emptiness and the futuristic one opens with guilt. The grand prize is in the future. And as you pick it out of the chest, there is sudden whiplash as reality morphs around you. The banging at the door stops. You hear a garbled mess of the congratulations script that runs. Amazing great stuff, Brett. Amazing great stuff, Brett. As you feel the pressure lifting from you, one by one, you can drop cards out of your hand. The weight of your own guilt, the memory of what you've been faced with, lifts. The pressure relieves. You are wounded. Around you, the scenery collapses. It simply rots away. The fabric becomes moth-bitten and faded. The chains rust. It goes back to how it was when you entered. Smelling of damp, of dead things. However, for the first time since setting foot in here, the first time, there is no pressure. It just feels normal. Let's get out.
The door opens easily, and there's no cascading noise of Sam and Jeff. Down the dilapidated corridor, you walk. And you can appreciate, as you walk out, that at one point, people who worked here loved this place. It's a shame that they weren't allowed to to the end. But the pressure, it's gone. The more you walk and get used to that feeling of, I didn't realise it felt like gravity was ten times bigger or stronger. But now you do, and every breath gets fresher as you breathe and head towards the exit, which is exactly where it should be. It's almost as if the world around you has breathed a sigh of relief. This place is no longer filled with horrors and monsters. There are no more signs of your own guilt. And it's really peaceful as you make it back outside to your van. It's dark, it's cool in the night air, but it's peaceful. I'm holding on to our spare petroleum canister and just look at the others and say, I don't know anymore. You turn around with an aim to burn down the building as you'd intended originally, and in the doorway left for you, perhaps as an apology, is Mikey. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a little chewed up. But it is Mikey. Oh, I drop that canister and run to Mikey. Give it a hug, twirl, little thing, and beaming come up to you guys. You good, man? <laughs> is that feeling of wanting to burn the place down still there? <laughs> I don't think so. I was already having my doubts, and you know what? After um, after we sort out Caleb's head, do you guys want to go grab some pizza? I'd like to go somewhere, anywhere. I need a drink, man. Yeah. Um, Roy, can I can I can I get an inhaler, please? <laughs> Roy takes his pack and actually like for the first time just opens it fully and just kinda opens it up and shows it, passes it to you and you realize that like one whole pocket is full of like inhalers. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and he takes one, he pops it. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations, you beat the Malice Locus. You've repaired the damage that was done to the spirit of the place. Whether or not this experience has changed any of your characters, for better or worse, you have made an impact on this place, and that's something to take away. In the next few days, the site gets rediscovered by the world. Bodies are pulled out, some of which have been there since that final episode. They find the corpses of Sam and Jeff. It ends up becoming a bit of a cold case, but a lot of families get a lot of closure. It becomes a brief media sensation as a mystery and then fades away. Wow. There we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is really good. Woo! Did we ever release the episode we were oh, yeah. recording? <laughs> did you? That's up to you. I mean, you've still got the camera. After a certain point, you do you do lose audio. We did lose audio. So you lose audio, but you do have the episode. What plays out on the tape is significantly different from what you experienced, but only when other people watch it. If you watch it, you can remember what actually happened and your brain tries to rationalize the differences. So you know it's not right, but what plays out is an episode of you going through the motions. You still go into all the rooms. The things you encounter, you still act in the way as if it was happening around you, but it almost looks like you're playing make-believe. There's definitely one of those, like, it finishes, it stops, like, Caleb definitely turns and goes, there's no way we can show this to anyone. No, man, no. <laughs> it's our secret. It's our curse. And also blessing, maybe.
If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. If you have a few dollars to spare and you've been liking what you hear, please consider supporting us on Patreon. But if you don't have a few dollars to spare, that's all good too. Just keep listening and like or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready.